Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are so good to us, Lord. Uh, Father, in prayer this week, I, I, Lord, I just felt as though you want to make sure that we leave here today with a better understanding of the goodness of God in our lives today, Lord. May you open up our hearts. Father, may uh, the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Lord, that uh, no matter what we've gone through in life, what we are going through or what we may even go through, Lord, you have surrounded us our entire lives with your goodness, Lord. Father, may we have a greater understanding of that today, Lord. May we find healing in that truth. Father, may we find encouragement in that truth. Lord, may we find direction in that truth, Lord. May we find joy in that truth today, Father. We love you today, Lord. We give you thanks. It's in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus we pray this morning. We thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord, church. Hey, so um, we got something special this morning. Before you're seated, why don't you be so bold as to give someone a hug or, or a, a handshake and greet them this morning. Just say, God is good. church um, wanted to uh, encourage everyone this morning uh, today is such a good day because uh, I feel like the Lord has kind of just put a an open heaven over us today and um, I'm just so grateful and thankful that uh, our team is so flexible and um, that people came with an expectation in their heart. Has anybody, has anybody been getting something out of this series and you feel like, man, you know what? This is, this is the, the, the year of exceeding expectations. Is God making that known to us yet? And um, so this is something that was unexpected, but uh, I wanted to, to share a few things. And so in prayer this week, um, I have I have noticed that when I've gone before the Lord, that uh, sometimes the Lord will speak to me in pictures. He'll speak to me in um, in in the Scripture, of course, but He'll show me something and then He'll verify it with Scripture. That's just kind of how God speaks to me. That's why when you see me preach, I've always got all these props and you know had you nervous about the ladder and I'm always you know maybe one day we'll bring scaffolding in and. I don't know, we'll sky jump or whatever. But um, so uh, the Lord has been speaking to me and um, the subject today is the goodness of God. 
And so here's how the Holy Spirit moves with our team. So Megan sends me a, a list of the suggested songs that she feels the Spirit of God laid on, on her heart. She sends them over to me. And these were the songs. And I looked at that and I was like, huh, isn't that something? And um, I said, you don't know the message yet, but this is what I feel like the Lord has really strongly laid on my heart. And it was the goodness of God. And that's the subject. And um, so I went to the Lord in prayer couple of times and he showed me um, it was just a picture of our uh, church and what we were doing is we were encouraging one another by sharing how we have seen the goodness of God in our own individual lives and so I'm like okay that's really cool it was it was really cool to see that and at the same time I'm like well hang on a second because you know I've got this message here and um, and so what I did is I scrapped that part from my notes. I just kind of cut, paste, and I, I have this little thing in my notations I put as extras. And that is, if I feel God gave it to me, but I don't want to use it in a message, I'll put it in extras so that um, it's just something for my conscience. It says, Lord, I heard you, but we're not, you know, I don't, I, I can't really use that, and I don't want to lose it this week, but I just want you to know, like, I didn't just dust it to the side, like it's here in a note, um, and I'll go back and use it one day. And so I scratched that part of the service out, and I just went to go preaching my message, and I have my message ready to go. And so um, went back to the Lord in prayer, came back to me again. I was like, all right, I got gotcha. you. Same kind of thing. And then um, it started getting kind of strange. Like my wife was like, you know, I had a dream. And then and, and somebody else was like, you know, I just really sensed like the Lord wanted to do. And I was just like, huh, okay. Well, I tell you what, um, you ever read about Abraham in the Bible? Anybody familiar? Throw your hand in the air. Put put a hand up in the in the online um, <laughs> in the chat if you've ever read about Abraham. Abraham was one who was led by God's Spirit, and when people asked him for detail, he had none. And they're like, "Where's he going? Where are we going?" He was like, uh, "We're going to a place God showed me." Yeah, where at? Well, I don't really know, but uh, just follow along with me. Trust me. You, you can trust me. You know, <laughs> that'd be really hard to lead. I wanted to follow the Lord's leading this morning. And so uh, here's what I'd like to do. And um, I know there's some who have already kind of gotten an idea of what's going on in their lives, but um, I feel the Lord would want to encourage us by us encouraging one another this morning. And so how many know that God is good? Has God been good in your life? I was always raised like if somebody does something for you and does a good thing, it's always good to say thank you. If God has been good to you this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to, to let it be known, to declare it, to share it with the, with the church. And um, if you came from the old school church, we would testify about the goodness of God in our lives. And so what I have this morning is there's a microphone here and there's a microphone here. And if you're able-bodied and you're willing to come and to just share along this line of how have you seen the goodness of God in your life? We're going to leave plenty of room and, and plenty of time and be patient um, for the Lord to move upon your heart that you might encourage the body of Christ, that you might encourage those who may, may even be watching online, uh, that you might encourage those who are here today on how has God been good to you? 
Romans 2 and 4 lets us know that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. That means no matter what we've gone through, God is so patient, God is so good that he gives second chances. Sometimes he'll give a third chance. Sometimes he'll give up to 70 times seven. I believe a wise man once said that. His name was Jesus. And so if God has been good to you, it doesn't mean your life is perfect. It doesn't mean you might be going through the battle right now, but that doesn't mean you can't still declare how good God is. And so I want to encourage you. I've got open mics right here. If you're not able to get down, uh, I've got some, some boys who are well-abled and they can bring a mic to you. You throw a hand up in the air. If you're watching online with us, why don't you testify in the chat? Just put something down in there and we'll be able to read that aloud here in our hearing. But let's go before the Lord and, um, and let's testify. Um, I think it's gonna be good this morning, amen? Let's go before the Lord one more time in prayer. And um, you make your way. We'll take our time today. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for encouraging us, Lord. Uh, thank you, Father, for uh, being able to declare the goodness of God in your house today, Lord. Minister to us, Lord. Encourage us, Father. May, may we leave with the joy of the Lord. May, may we leave encouraged knowing that, man, if they're going through that and God can do that in their lives, that means he could do it in mine too. Thank you so much, Lord, for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Go ahead, Kendra. Good morning. <laughs> so I was able to, at a young age, um, really just solely depend on God and let him walk my, or I don't say walk my steps, but just follow that voice or that feeling. When I was in um, high school, um, I got a virus, Guillain-Barré syndrome. I was in a hospital, my whole body paralyzed, and they were afraid, respiratory. I had to go through rehab junior year. I was a high school athlete. And I was like, why me? You know, I remember laying on the couch and my mom was like, you know, don't question God. You know, just at that moment, I was able to really feel the presence. And from there on, I never really tried to plan anything. I just did whatever like was led. I had to learn how to walk, talk, do simple things, brush hair, do whatever, all over my junior year into my senior year. And then I played basketball senior year. I'm a basketball fanatic pretty much, only because that's the only place I can go and not think about anything else. But it also allowed me to figure out what my purpose was. So to this day, I'm able to do my purpose. I've been through different things, but I never felt that I went through different things because God has always led me. Everyone went through coronavirus. There's people that have been through divorce. There's people that have been single parenting. I never felt the pressure of any of that, even being on assistance. I never felt like I couldn't do things. And it wasn't because anything I did, because believe me, I do not plan, I do not do things that I'm supposed to do, but it all, I was blessed with favor, grace, patience. He did that all. And that's what I want to testify today. Like what you see is not because of me. There's nothing that I did. And I continue to make decisions or choices that could make me not align with what I'm supposed to do, but somehow I get back on that path. And I'm just here to testify that it's not who you know here, 
it's who you know. Yeah, that's good work. Up there, and he will lead you and continue to show you what your purpose is. And I just want to thank my family here, always being here, even if I don't show up, <laughs> or when I do show up, and just everybody here I've known or seen, and even if you're new, I'd love to know and see you more. So just thank you. Amen. again. Um, my name is Megan, if we've not met before. Um, God laid this on my heart when we were singing and it came out my eyeballs. Um, <laughs> but um, I really don't even know what I'm supposed to share, but God wants me to share part of my story. Um, in in 2009, um, in March, I was, I was in Seattle on a work trip. Um, and I got a phone call at 6 a.m. Um, so this time zone would have been, um, well, it was, it was early. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, I got a phone call um, from my mom and she said that my, um, that my dad had passed away. Um, and she said he didn't, he didn't just pass away. Um, the house caught on fire and, um, and he died. Um, so when, when the goodness of God, the song was written, um, I felt like those verses were written for me. Um, I've known you like a father. I've known you like a friend. You've led me through the darkness. And you've led me through the fires. And that was literal for me because I was broken. Um, for so long after that. My husband and I had only been married for two years at that point, um, but God was so good to me in those moments. He made sure that I had my husband to get me through. He showed me grace and love, because without him, I would have just gone into deep darkness. Um, but I think I was so broken because of um, his passing, um, because Growing up, we weren't very close. Um, he and my mom fought um, a lot. They ended up getting a divorce when I was 16, but um, he just wasn't a very loving father. Um, but in the last years of his life, he turned um, from that. Um, and he, was, he would call and he was more loving. And um, I'm so grateful for those years with him. Um, but it was also just so much more heartbreaking because I lost something that I was getting that I'd never had. Um, but he was, God was so good in those moments. He, I had my husband, I had my family. Um, a few months later, um, we became pregnant with our first child. Um, so almost on the anniversary of uh, my dad's passing, um, she was born a few weeks later. Um, and just gave me so much joy and filled my heart. And I've seen God's goodness in my life every day since then. He's given me things to bring me joy. He brought music back into my life. And I get to use that to glorify him, to give him the honor and the glory back for all that he has given me. Because he is so, so good. He's so, so good. Thank you.
Good morning. My name's Tanya. Um, God's been good to me in a lot of ways, but I wanted to share specifically how he was good to me during the fast that we all just did. So Christmas of last year, just two months ago, my dad, my earthly dad, bless his heart, he showed his tail. Let's just put it that way. I won't bore you with the details, but he showed out on Christmas Day after we just opened gifts. Everything was fine. Um, but he but he showed out and he has a history of doing that. He usually keeps it together over the holidays, but he said, no, not this year. I want to switch things up this year. So I said, okay. And it really, really upset me. And similar to Megan, um, me and my dad didn't have the best relationship growing up. He you know, loves me, great provider, taught me a lot, taught me a lot of values and principles, but just emotionally didn't have the tools to give me, my mom, my sister, what we needed. Um, so, so I told him that I needed, you know, a break from him at this point in my life. I wasn't and it was interesting because historically, you know, I would be very, ang er, very angry. I'm definitely my dad's child. We're, we're both temperamentally the same. So 10 years ago, it would have been a screaming match, you know, a pride match. But I was just like, no, I just told him very clearly, you know, calmly, you know, I need a break right now. And I put that into prayer over the fast. I just, I didn't even know what I was asking for from God. I knew I needed peace. And I felt at peace with setting that boundary with him because I knew it was necessary, but I needed more than just the intellectual understanding that clearly you need to not be speaking to your dad right now. And God just led me to scriptures on forgiveness, like repeatedly. And I knew I had forgiven him, but it's interesting when you forgive a person and they're your parent and you don't know where the line is, like I forgive you, but does that mean, you know, you need to be in my life right now? It's forgiveness is a very, you know, healing, but it can be very confusing when it comes to family, which I'm sure a lot of people already know this. So he led me to a scripture, I believe it was in, first Corinthians and it says something about forgiving one another so that the other person so that your brother is not driven to excessive sorrow that was the terms used in the in the ESV version which is what I read and I instantly thought of my dad because my dad is this is his value system family education god <laughs> that's his that's his value system um so he loves his family i know he adores me and my sister you know can never doubt that and i knew by us not speaking for over 30 days that i knew he was probably driven to excessive sorrow and I was too in my own way, but probably not even to the same degree as him because I do put God, you know, at the front. So if I have an issue with a person, I don't let it throw me off in the same way that it would with my dad. So in other words, I could probably go a longer time without speaking to my dad than he could go without speaking to me and I could still sleep at night. But the day after the fast, so that was the 30th of January last week, well, he called me on the 26th, which was exactly 
um, 30 days since we last spoke. We spoke the 26th that morning after Christmas. He called me. He left me a voicemail. It was a Friday night. Listen to the voicemail. I knew God was speaking. Okay, it's time. You know, it's it's time to reconcile. It's time. So, you know, I gave myself the weekend and and I decided to call him back on that Monday, the day right after the fast ended. And he was profusely apologetic in, in a way that I, in 36 years of life, I've never, I've heard him say I'm sorry, but very like passively, but he was giving what I knew was like a genuine heartfelt sorry. He was saying, you know, I, I couldn't sleep at night, which I already knew because I know how much, you know, being on good terms with me and my sister means to my dad. So I was like, I know he's going through it, but I needed to go through my own stuff before I could get to dealing with his stuff. And he was like, I wasn't sleeping. I'd wake up every night at 3 a.m. And I knew that was God talking to him because my mom would always say, you know, you, me and your dad could argue and he'll just sleep so peacefully. And I've had insomnia the last 30 years. And I'm like, yeah, but I was like, I think God was showing him like, you can't continue to do this because you're gonna destroy your relationships with your children. I knew God was speaking that to him, which is where his repentance came from. And he was very apologetic and he, and he said, you know, I know that's not good. My sister's name is Natalie. I know you and Nat, you know, can't go through those things mentally. So it was just very interesting to hear him not only apologize, but to like have the insight and recognition that, okay, my behavior isn't healthy for you. Like, it's not healthy for me, and I know that, but it's not healthy for you. So so in that conversation, you know, we were both tearful, and my dad's not a big crier. I've seen him cry maybe twice in my whole life at his father's funeral. Maybe that just one time. That's it. And and he mentioned his dad. He said, you know, my dad always told me to, you know, be strong for your family. And that's one thing I always, you know, take from my dad. And when that happened, I realized that he was basically going against what his father had taught him. Um, and he, we were both tearful. He apologized. And we reconciled that day after our fast. And I know through that fast, God was showing me the goodness of his forgiveness, the ministry of his reconciliation. And he was speaking specifically to me and that relationship with my dad. Now, for some of you who are on a journey of forgiveness, God has a specific word for that journey for you. It may not look like mine, but knowing that God is the author of forgiveness, understand that he wants to show you something and teach you something through forgiveness and the ministry of reconciliation. And I just pray that you you open your heart and you give him the time that he deserves to pour that into you because I've been a big avoider most of my life. Like if it makes me angry, irritated, I'm just, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to carry those negative emotions and try to continue to function. But that's not how God wants us to live. He wants us to bring our mess to him so he can clean it up because we don't have the power, the strength to clean it up on our own. So if that's something that you're struggling with, give yourself permission to bring it to God come angry he's not scared of that he's not intimidated by your anger your frustration your tears he's not worried about any of that he has healing for those places and after he heals you he has wisdom for what you can do with it so that for me is the most recent demonstration of God's goodness and I pray that he gives the same to anybody here who is struggling with um, unforgiveness thank you
Hi, I'm Chelsea. Uh, so I want to speak after Tanya because Tanya always inspires me to, to speak truth. Um, I will also shamelessly plug student's ministry, which is tonight, um, because for student ministry, I'm delivering a message, and what God has downloaded in me is the prodigal son message for that, um, which is my testimony. So fresh out of high school, when I went to college, I was very hyper-independent. I wanted to do everything on my own without God or anyone. Um, and he really let me. He said, here is your inheritance and what you've earned, um, and do what you can with it. And I really, really messed it up. So I had a lot of friends, but they were like kiki friends. You know what I mean? They weren't, um, we're not still friends. <laughs> um, and I eventually spiraled myself into a very abusive relationship that I had no control over. Um, and when I finally woke up in a hospital bed, there was nobody there but a nurse praying for me. And the only person that even knew that I was there was my mom. And it was because the police department had called her and I told her not to come, that I didn't want to see her. I was fine. I was going to handle this on my own. And I quickly learned that I could not handle it on my own. My abuser did not stop there. He did not leave me alone. It was not until I went to um, physical therapy school when an assistant director just asked me one day, are you okay? I just started crying and I told this random stranger everything and I said I have no control over my life. I have no peace. I don't feel safe. I don't know what to do. And she just asked if she could pray for me and she took me to church and I was convinced that lightning was going to strike down the church. And um, I went with her and then she helped me um, file a DVPO and I met who is now my husband, and thank you. Yeah, you can clap for that. <laughs> Put him through it, still kind of putting him through it. <laughs> and it really wasn't until we met Keith and Katie that somebody was like, do you want to not only be part of what we're doing, but we want to give you some ownership of it. And. It was something as silly, you know, at our old church, at Keith asking us to greet at the door, and I was like, you really want me at the door of your church? <laughs> and me and Jeremy have grown so much in our faith and in our faith family, and um, for those of you that were there, you know, at our baby shower last week, I got so emotional because I got this gift um, that from Molly that was the lyrics to the song, The Blessing. It has a picture of Keith and Katie praying over our church. And it just really hit me how, like, he is so for you. <laughs> Even when it feels like he's gone, he's given you your inheritance, and he said bye, <laughs> he's still there planning your steps. And I know now why I had to go through that to get to this. I wouldn't trade it for anything because these people in this room, like these are my family. And you know, these are the people that I've let into the most vulnerable parts of our house, our health, our 
everything. And I think about the person that I was and all the fun I thought I was having, all the friends I thought I was having. And then I think about waking up in that hospital bed alone and just feeling like, now what? Who is going to save me? Um, which now I know. <laughs> and I just appreciate everybody here for that. I know now, if anything was to catastrophically happen to my husband or I, we wouldn't be able to get people away from the hospital. <laughs> but it's a great feeling to know that you have dug roots, and like Molly spoke about last week, with trees that are just everywhere. So even if you fail one tree, you still have so many more roots to go. So we're just thankful for all of you guys. And we're, I mean, I'm thankful to be alive. <laughs> and I'm just thankful to be in a room full of people that accepts me for who I am, for what I've done, and says you can still be part of us. So I love you all. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jean Ann. Um, I know a lot of the women. I don't know a lot of everybody else. I don't know that a lot of people know my story. Um, in this world, there will be trouble. And everything was going along well, and then there was trouble. Um, I will tell you my favorite unword, or my unfavorite word, is cancer. It came very unexpectedly. It happened very quickly. And now I'm a widow. And I had a son within hours of his dad's death. Give me a hug and say, Mom, be still. God's got this. They have, God has helped us. Um, a favorite Bible verse is, he takes care of widows and orphans. He does. He has been with us. He has allowed me financially where money has come from so many unexpected places to make things happen, to raise a high schooler, to get a son out of the Air Force, to get them both through college. Um, at one point in time, there were trouble I financially overwhelming trouble for lack of better description and I literally was driving home that day saying God I have no idea what the solution is and two days well the following Tuesday um, I had already thrown my hat into the ring as a possible transfer here for with MetLife at the Cary campus and I had been waiting and waiting and waiting and my manager called me that day and she said you know what senior VP said let's make this happen it allowed me to address some of those financial challenges it allowed me to prove to my kids that I could care for myself that I could be self-sufficient so that they could go into their adulthood and they could succeed themselves God has been with me every step of the way he has helped me up he has helped me he has just been so so good so 
when you don't know what to do, give it to God. Don't take it back. Be still. He will be there for you. Thank you. church um i hate public speaking absolutely hate it so probably be a lot of ticks like um 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 anyway i saw there were new men coming up here to speak i a handful of year ago um maybe five six seven years ago when i heard that god was good it would piss me off i would be very very frustrated get very very angry um when I was a child, I'd seen uh, my best friend die while I was saving my younger brother's life. My house had burned down twice. Um, There's a lot of alcoholism in my family. There was also, um, from outside of my family, I went through some abuse. Um, pretty much disowned God from the age of 12 to about 30. And so whenever I would hear God is good, and people would say all the time, I was very angry and confused. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Because he was not good to me as a child. And um, we either believe God's all-powerful or we don't. And um, it took me a while to understand that he also gives us free will and that, you know, Satan is the prince of this world. Um, a few years ago, he let me go through an immense amount of pain. Um, I went through a divorce. I still wear my ring today. I was losing um, both of my children. I was uh, financially losing everything, possibly my house and my career. I had a CT scan done, and I had um, internal, possibly irreversible bleeding in one of my kidneys. I had an 8.4 millimeter kidney stone in my other kidney. I had a, high, uh, a hernia. And I also had something wrong with my colon. Um, and my grandfather had died from colon cancer and I had six inches of his colon removed. This all happened at the same time. Um, I like to say that God gifted me a great amount of pain and a great amount of um, regret and loneliness, and he made me seek him for the wrong reasons. I started reading my Bible every day, every morning, putting him first that way. And uh, this was February of 2020. Um, and, I'm sorry, February of 2021. Um, And I was reading my Bible for the wrong reason. I was reading him because I knew he could fix stuff. I knew he could fix all the problems that I just mentioned. And eventually, um, I noticed I started getting up, I don't know if it was three, four, five months later, I um, started getting up earlier to read the Bible. I started putting the Bible down a little bit later, and he'd be like five or 10 minutes late for work. And, um, just occurred to me that like I just want to spend time with him 
like intimate alone time with him. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, he made my wrong reasons the right reason. I was losing my children, and now I have my son half the time, and I have my daughter the majority of the time. Um, and he's provided in so many ways. And he's so good. And, you know, I get to help other men talk about, like, relationships, and I get to help other men talk about when they complain about their wives, you know. I talk to them about their relationship and I talk to them about like how would they want their wife to be and they're like I'd like my wife to put me first, I'd like my wife to be present, I'd like to make me a priority, to spend time with me, to, to desire alone time with me and um, to respect me and to love me and all these things and to support me and, um, and some men even say to be submissive which I know that's a two-way street and um, I get to call them out on it and be like are you this way with God? Do you put him first? Do you are you submissive to him? Are you wanting alone time with him? And um, and I just tell them, I said, you know, if you don't do these things for him, why would he give you a spouse that would do these things for you? So, anyways, God has been so good. Thank you. Josephine, so for the ones who don't know me, um, I'm a sanguine, but I don't really like to just talk in front of everyone like this. Uh, it's not easy to do it, and um, yeah, here I am. I'm doing it, and and um, mine. I want to thank God for always taking care of me. Uh, I was brought up in a church, so for for me, prayer answers everything for me like I believe in God so much that when I have something I pray about it ever since I was a kid my mama ever since I can remember my mama woke up at, at around five in the morning to pray every day I've never seen her miss it like Every morning she wakes up at five, whether, whether she's going anywhere or not, she'll wake up at five to pray. That has always been part of life, like waking up in the morning to pray. And my daddy, my daddy is a pastor too. And waking up in the morning and praying, praying has just been part of our lives every day. And uh, so I was not feeling well the whole of... Uh, last week and this week and uh, so my husband would wake up uh, in the middle of the night and ask me Josephine are you okay and I'm like yeah I'm okay I'm okay but I, I guess you guys can tell from my voice right now that 
I've been coughing and I'm not okay. So in the middle of the night, I was not able to sleep. So I was just coughing and uh, at the same time coughing and vomiting. So I did not even understand it. And for me to think about, I didn't even think like, oh yeah, when you're sick, you should take medicine. Like, I, don't, I never think of that. And, but, I know I should do that, yes. And uh, so my husband would wake up in the middle of the night like, Josephine, are you okay? But I was, just, I was not able to fall asleep. I was just coughing and vomiting. And the moment I lay my head down to try to sleep, I could not sleep because I would just get up to, uh, to cough and, and, and vomit. So I had this cloth next to my bed for me to just use to cough and, and do all that. And I would tell my husband, just sleep, I'm fine. And and uh, and I told my mama called and she was like, there's a connection between parents and kids. I think we all know that. Yeah, the, the, the parents know that. So my mama would be like, I have a feeling you're not well. And uh, she would she called and she's been praying for me. She's been praying for me. And my mama. I don't, I never, like, it's, it's like we are talking about the, you are saying being led by the Holy Spirit. We were just talking about it. Uh, my mama, like, she's always being led by the Holy Spirit. She's able to tell when something is not okay. Like, one time I was in a place where there was a thunderstorm and it affected the whole neighborhood because, Pastor Keith, you've seen some of the houses where they're just made of iron shade and it's so easy for like everything to just fly out and um, so I was in a house like that and there was a thunderstorm and my mama woke up at, at two and started praying and she called me in the morning I knew something happened are you okay I told her how did he know the Holy Spirit led me, told me to pray for you, told me you were not in a safe place. And at that time, everyone woke up because everyone was feeling like, oh, like I was there, I was asleep, asleep. And my mama was praying at that time. Everyone was trying to knock my door to find out, are you okay in here? I could not get them. And so everyone thought I was already dead in this house. And my mama was praying at that time. It was 2 a.m. in the morning. My mama was praying. And, this, and then she called me in the morning. I knew you were not okay. So I was praying for you. And then I told her, everyone thought in the neighborhood I was already dead. So they were knocking on my door to find out if I was okay. But my mama was praying. She was led by the Holy Spirit to pray for me. She thought, she thought there was something that was affecting me at that time. So this week too, she was praying for me. She was praying for me. Josephine, she was calling me like all the time. Time. Are you okay? Are you okay? So today, she, my, my husband decided to get medicine for me. So I was taking medicine for the last two days. And my mama called this morning. She asked, how did you wake up this morning? And I told her, I'm doing good today. I was doing good. And I thought... I, I, for me, uh, I thank God for, for healing me and taking care of me. I also told my husband that 
I was telling my husband yesterday that I'm, I'm already feeling better about it. My body's feeling good about it. And this is the message I have for you, God. Like, uh, prayer answers all things. Like, just believe in God. He, he'll lead you in everything. My life every day, I put it in the hand of God. He directs me. He, tells, he leads me on where to go. Like, put your trust in God. And he'll, he'll lead you in everything. That's my message for you guys today. Thank you. I won't let you be the only one today. So, um, if y'all don't know, I'm Damon. I'm Amber's best half. So uh, that's that's me. But uh, one, I think we could all probably, if we sat down and really concentrated about it, we could spend the whole day talking about just how good and how great God is. But um, I thought I would come up here and tell part of my testimony. Um, it's kind of hard sometimes looking back, and then sometimes you don't look at it back like you should have. But um, like Charles said, I shouldn't be here today. Um, it was August the 21st of 2001. Um, I shouldn't be here. I was in a car accident and I was going along and a, a guy pulled out from the side and kind of sideswiped me. And with all of that happening, just imagine me driving, instead of going straight down the road, my, my truck was going sideways down the road and there was a tree about this big and I was lined up directly with it and I knew it was going to be my time and the only thing I can think of at that point was I needed to be in the floorboard of the passenger side and I had my seatbelt on and I didn't think to take it off I actually broke the center console of my truck trying to pull myself out of the way and as I'm sliding 50 miles an hour down the road going towards this. Looking back, my truck hit a rock. The front tire hit a, hit a rock, it was about this big. And when it did, it kicked the butt end of the truck around, that's when the truck flipped. And the tree hit right behind the cab and hit hard enough that it, it took the, the back of the bed and pushed it down through. It busted the tire and it actually knocked a chunk out of the steel rim that big it hit so hard. I'm laying there on my side you know, after the adrenaline hits. and So I, I get up and luckily I was not hurt bad at, or didn't know it at that point in time, but I thought I had to get out. So I stood up and I knocked the passenger side window out because the truck was on its side. And when I came out, there was a sign on the tree right beside it. It was John 3.16, said that Jesus saves, right? And I'd been saved the year before, so I knew it was him. And so I get out, and of course, people are running over, and I go check on the old man that hit me, and we're waiting for the cops and everything to get there. And I'm just walking around looking at everything, and I'm looking at the skid marks, and I walk over and I see the rock. And it's, like I said, it's just this big, but sticking up out of the ground about this. And I remember actually standing on the rock, you know, while I was standing there waiting for everything to come by. And I was just standing on this rock, you know, and this rock saved my life. And, um, you know, looking back, it goes all into perspective, but it's kind of the cornerstone. It's, it's Jesus. He's the one that truly saves you. And the 
I say this because three weeks later, I went back. I had to go back for the insurance and the lawyer with the car wreck, and they wanted me to take pictures of the whole thing. And, and I went back, and I specifically walked back to that place to find the rock. And the rock wasn't there. And I spent 20 minutes walking up and down looking for that rock. There was no hole where the rock had been moved. You know, rocks, if you pull it out, there's a hole left. There was no hole, there was no fresh dirt, there was no nothing, but there was no rock. You know, it was him. You know, and he, he is my rock, and I, you know, I'm not where I need to be today as a Christian, but thank God I'm not where I used to be either, so. But, um, you know, God is good, and, and you know, there's all kinds of things that happen in all of our lives and some of it it seems like our world's going to end you know I thought my world was going to end that day and Jesus puts a rock there he is your rock but he he saves you and he turns your life around and uh, just makes things all in all better again like some of the other ones said doesn't mean you're going to have troubles you know because you can but if you trust in him, he'll get you through them. And the nice thing is, you know, I, I still, I've had three back surgeries because of that. And I still have back pain sometimes. And I joke, but I, I mean it as well. It's kind of like the thorn in Paul's side. You know, it's, it's there as a reminder. Some days it's worse than others, but that little bit of pain sometimes just reminds me of how lucky I am that I'm still here. You know, and I can deal with that little bit of pain because I'm still here, and I know he's got better things, you know, laid out before me, but, you know, um, like I said, I don't know what, Jesus is your rock, but he also may put a rock in your life that'll change your direction and save your life, and uh, I hope that he does. losing it and I just stepped up. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Wes. I'm Megan's other half. Uh, uh, I come from a broken home. I come from a very checkered past. I don't share very much. I keep a lot of things to myself. I'm not the best communicator. Um, father left at a very young age. Uh, when he was around, it was, you know, verbally abusive. And when he left, uh, I found myself at a young age um, being tasked with being the man of the house. And so I've always had a hard time having men in my life and, 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 and a looking at, at, at God as, as my, my heavenly father. I'm saved at a young age, but I not really know what that meant. And uh, stepdad came into my life and, you know, tough love, tough discipline. Went off to college and uh, kind of did my own thing. Got involved in wrong crowds and um, went off in the distant country. Abandoned God altogether and turned to alcohol and 
drugs and sex and everything else. Just, you know, that was, that was comforting for me. That, that was my healing at the time. And uh, got into a really dark place, got into trouble uh, with the law in college, with alcohol. Graduated, coincidentally enough, went to a, a restaurant to become a bar manager. Uh, probably not the best thing for me to be doing, but I met my wife there. Um, and to say that I married up, married up in a big way. It's the first time really I had let someone into my life close to me in a, in a really long time. And I don't tell her that enough. Slowly but surely, started to feel God come back into my life through the love of my wife, going back to church, letting God back in my life. And to save my relationship is perfect or great with. God, it, it's far from that. I've, I've, I'm a mess today. I've got a lot of work to do every day. Uh, to say that my life is great with all relationships, no, I've still don't have a relationship with my father today. I long for it. Probably will never have it. In 2015, Even though things were getting better with me in the church, and I found the love of my life, we had two young kids, twins on the way. The depression, the anxiety, the overwhelming distress of life in general, um, I continued to struggle with alcohol. And on September 13th, 2015, I got behind the wheel of the car. After a day of binge drinking, my wife was seven months pregnant with our twins. I flipped my SUV blackout drunk and I pinned it between two trees and I'll never forget this a paramedic approached me and said if you would have hit eight inches to the left or eight inches to the right you wouldn't be here today that was God telling me I'm not done with you yet keep pursuing me It wasn't until recently, um, within the last year of coming to Generation Life Church that I have 
felt myself being so close and accepted into a community. I've been a part of life groups before, but never really felt a part of it. And now, with the love of this community and the love of my life group, for the first time, I feel like I'm not journeying alone. My wife continues to support, the community here continues to love on me and I don't feel deserving of it. My life group continues to chase after me and help me and talk to me and love on me. And I just wanna say I'm, I'm thankful for each and every one of you and I'm more importantly thankful for a God that will never ever give up on me and stop loving me. Even when I'm in the distant country, time and time again, he keeps pursuing me. Thank you. So I'm Ryan. So um, uh, some of you know, some of you don't know. Um, I worked for the sheriff's department for seven years. I was a detention sergeant. So uh, at Wake County, um, there uh, God worked uh, many miracles, and um, I uh, during those experiences, I have not been able to share those. And uh, it's because of one thing that happened. And uh, it is nothing that God has put on me. It is my own burdens that I am um, dealing with. And uh, with God's help and your help today, we are going to get over those burdens so uh, we can share God. So um, when I was there, I left in 2018. And um, so uh, it's been years God's been working with me to deal with this and um, this is why I left the sheriff's department so when I was there I was a detention sergeant and uh, I was over the medical department so I had uh, multiple dorms and 36 officers under me for one shift and throughout the years different things happened and I was either in control of one shift or up to four shifts at one time um, during the in those dorms I was uh, directly responsible for the safety of all of the protective custody inmates, all of the mental health inmates, all of the detox inmates, all of the suicide watches, all of the psych ops watches, and all of the um, lockdowns, and anybody who was too medically ill to uh, be in general population. Um, we, uh, so because they were in special dorms, those inmates did not receive books or things like that to um, pass the time a lot. So the Gideons came in um, every other week and they would drop off a bunch of Bibles, daily breads, things like that. So um, officers and I, we made friends with the officers that would receive those. So we always had a steady supply of Bibles and so when the inmates would want a book or something to pass the time, here's a Bible, 
here's a Bible. So we would do that. And um, officers who were also believers, we would um, read the daily breads and we would talk to some of the inmates about that when they wanted to uh, hear about the uh, daily breads. We discussed things that they wanted to do and um, share what we could with them through those daily breads and use that as a tool. Um, I say that because uh, this one morning um, I came in, the, uh, relieving the shift from night. Um, when I came in that morning, uh, usually before I go in the lineup, I read that daily bread. So when I do my rounds, people uh, who I know I gave them to, we could talk, discuss those things, and talk to um, talk through those things throughout the day because uh, there was some of them that were really eager um, and wanted to learn and talk about more of that. So we do that in the morning, but this morning came in, um, sergeant for some reason on second shift wasn't there. So, um, and there was a medical emergency going on that night. So um, got in there, I relieved the current officers who were dealing with that so they could take care of what they needed to take care of so they could leave on time and get out of there. So I took over the medical emergency and um, did my pass on because we do pass on in the morning and let the officers know um, what uh, where they're going. So I gave that to another uh, supervisor. They did that for me. And um, later in the day, it was about that was about 6:30, um, about 9 9:30 ish, when um, the medical emergency got cleared up. Uh, that person got taken out to the hospital. They were fine. Um, they got treatment. They were back a couple more a couple days later, but. Um, during that time, um, usually I make my rounds, but it wasn't until after 10 when all of that got done. And um, so started making my rounds and um, uh, there's a court list and it tells me like who's gonna be going to courts and also who's gonna be released that day. So uh, this one inmate, he was on protective custody. He came in for um, just uh, simple weed charges. He was only gonna be there for a couple weeks. And today was the day he was going to be released. Um, and he was one that I had been talking to about the daily breads for uh, past uh, couple weeks, every day he was there. And um, so I walked around and uh, he was, uh, when I got to his dorm, got to his door, he was, um, looked like it kneeling down, head, buried in his hands like he was praying. So I didn't want to interrupt his prayers. Um, so I was gonna go around and then come back to him when he was done, let him know, hey, you're leaving today. Uh, by five o'clock, you're going home. Um, and, uh, but as I was walking around, I noticed he had a little bit of blood on his hand and the nurse was in there passing around medication. So I was like, I'll just get him a Band-Aid stuff to clean it up. I'll set it in his door so he can take care of it when uh, he's done praying. Uh, so I grabbed that stuff, came back, told him to pop the door, open the door, and uh, found out that he had blood on his hand because he was holding a uh, rag covering up his eye because he had gouged it out with a plastic spoon. Um, so called the medical emergency, got the people in there, and um, uh, got him out. He was taken to the hospital. That was uh, done, and then um, after those reports and everything were done, um, sat down, read the daily bread, 
because I needed a moment and found out it was that passage in Matthew where Jesus says, if uh, your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. So um, with that, I took all of that on me. Um, because I was the one who led him to Christ, and I was the one who um, uh, been trying to minister to him. So I don't know why he took that literally. I don't know if I ever will, but um, I've learned that God isn't putting this on me. I am putting it on myself, and that is um, what I need to get over. And um, so it's been some years, and slowly process getting over, but. Uh, there's only, uh, up until now, there's been maybe a very few people who've ever heard that whole story. So it's a good start. Amen. Thank you. grumpy that you didn't give us like the no mascara warning before today probably cried it all off um and probably cry some more i just through everybody's story um a lot of grace which is really magical um we traveled at christmas and right before Christmas, I had a positive pregnancy test, which was really exciting. Um, and then about five days later, I had a miscarriage. Um, and I just felt hugely, it was obviously sad, I was hugely supported um, by her church family, by prayer. A lot of people texted and checked in, even when my own family did not. And I, I just feel so, so blessed by this group. Like, I don't even know Obviously, it's from God, because how could you create this otherwise, right? Um, and about a week and a half ago, we found out that Charlie will get to be a big brother. So I got a new positive pregnancy test. God is good. Mark, and God is nothing but pure good. Look, I get so much out of this sharing, and it's just as much as I get out of when we do our Wednesday night prayers, I get so much out of hearing the prayers from others. It just so much moves you and fills you with God's love and spirit. But I knew if I kept sitting there and didn't get up and share, I was doing the wrong thing. So I thought I'd go ahead and tell you just a little bit about me and my story. So my mom told, tells me as I'm an adult that 
when uh, she was pregnant with me, uh, she got very sick, and the doctor said, no, you're going to have to have a miscarriage. And so when I look at all the ones that have been here saying there's some reason or some there shouldn't be here or whatever going on, no, I'm supposed to be here because my mom, who knew God and how good God is, said, no, you're going to allow me to do something because I'm going to have this child. And she laid in the bed for a month, and somehow God's healing did what it had to do so I could be born. And she was able to still have me. I was supposed to be doing Christmas Day. I came on a Friday the 13th. How about that, you know? <laughs> I was baptized at eight, different church. I, um, I've had experiences where the first person that I cared a lot about as far as really close and connected to me, she was from a multicultural family at a time in the 80s when I was looked at it, we shouldn't do those kind of things, or it was issues for racism and different other things and concerns. And I remember she pulled away from me with the assumption that I had trouble. And I look back to this moment now and wish that she would just lean into me a little bit more because I cared about her dearly and I probably would have just continued to be a good friend with her no matter what. I learned not to have anything prejudiced in me from those moments. God is good, pure good. He teaches you in life's moments. I, I recall, I recall a moment too in life where one of the dearest people to me, I trusted like almost like a dad raising me, teaching me how to hunt and fish and do all kinds of other, took advantage of me, scared to death to tell about it. And then I realized in those moments, no different than when I learned something about not being prejudiced, right? This is another moment in life as a youth, as a teenager, that I learned to have strength in God and trust that whatever the impact of what I've been through, He's going to be there no matter what. God is good. He is with you every step of the way. And I learned in those early moments on something difficult to go through, that he was there comforting me, as scared I was to go through those experiences, not knowing when to tell and what to do and what to handle. I shouldn't have been through that. Later in life, I was able to deal with it. I've learned through my experiences, learned how good God is through, I chose that as I was the top of my class coming out of high school, instead of going and getting a Moorhead scholarship and UNC Chapel Hill or whatever else could have been offered to me. Boy, I know the guidance counselor's upset with me big time. I told him, no, I'm gonna serve and go be a missionary. And I remember a good buddy of mine, Anthony, at the time, he said, yes, and that's all right. And he clapped for me in front of the entire group. And it inspired me that I was choosing to do what's right in spite of whatever the rest of the world was thinking. I knew I had to take the steps to do what God was in, in asking me to do. I remember in those moments being that missionary that it wasn't about what you had to teach. It was about the moment for the people that some folks just needed to know what to do to learn how to pray. And I rejoiced knowing that I found that that's what God was teaching me also. In many difficult moments with some of the companions I had, they didn't even understand me. 
they at times would call me Forrest Gump, whatever it may have been. And I realized that it's about serving and it wasn't about uh, me or the experience or the misunderstandings and all the other. God is so good that he helps us see through those tough moments of what's going on, why our purpose is there, and to watch someone learn to pray and say, now I know how to communicate with God. That did me more good than anything to see those things. I've been through similar moments of a tough moment through college. I chose to get married and shouldn't have, but I did, and I don't regret that at all. I know it was experiences I had. I ended up having children too early of age, get married way too early, a lot of different things. And even at the career in my life at the time, coming out of college, it was tough to know uh, what to go do, so I was, chose to go into service. Yes, there's been moments when I've served my country, difficult to talk about. When, when I was stationed in Iraq, I remember uh, First Star Sergeant Morrison put his boots and his rifle and his helmet to honor him. And he wasn't even active duty. He was 45 at the time, called back on reservists to come help, left his wife and his 16-year-old son. He not able to make it home to them. He was supposed to, he, he was riding in the seat of the Humvee where I was supposed to ride where I got called for a different mission. That, I was standing ready to go out that morning and they called me and said, come back to the tarmac. You're gonna get on the helicopter squadron. You're going down for another different meeting. And if it hadn't have been for that, I'd have been in that seat where now he, the IED went off and he's no longer here. Now I'm here again, tell me by chance. No, God is so good. Amen. He knows why we're supposed to be here to come home, to go through divorce, to come home to my children, that I want to be with me so much. I was mom. I was mom, and I asked many moments why, but I know that it's teaching my children, that it's strengthening them, and I know God's moving with that. Again, I don't understand these things either. I know you sitting in this crowd don't always understand everything you go through. But they're there because God's so good. He's with you all the time. Every moment. And then meet my dear wife, Catherine. She's, she's my angel. To not know until being here at this church to being with you that she's praying for me to come home and get a job, and I'm blessed with a job handed to me. God is so good, folks. I'm starting that job tomorrow, and I'm thankful that I can be here and that I can serve. It's what we do to show God how much we love Him. We serve. We get involved. We do, and this is the best church for doing that because it came from God creating it that way. And my challenge to you, here, every one of you, all of you are my brothers and sisters, my family in church. Serve, folks. Give God all your goodness to because He is the pure good and He's working with us every moment to do, do so much more. That's why I get so excited. 
to be part of this and do. And although I'm showing some emotions more today than I normally do, it's because I know it is all goodness of God. So again, thank you, church. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.